gentlemen and corner kick fans welcome back to the latest edition of pod taken quickly the three-man booth delivering you some quick insights and a recap of this year's champions league final which was won by Bayern munich one nil against paris saint-germain joining me today nathan strauss is nick vinden i'm wait, i'm nathan strauss <laughs> Okay, joining us today, we have the three-man booth, Nick Govinden. What's going on, everyone? Caleb Rhodes. Hello, hello. And myself, Nathan Strauss. Nick, we were pretty excited for this final going into the game. We thought it was going to be full of action and drama. What did you make of the first half in particular for this one? It certainly was a KG first half. I think it was. it felt very similar to recent Champions League finals that have been very tight and cagey and compact in the first 45 minutes. I think it could have ended with some serious penalty drama, but it went the way of PSG in that instance. I think what we saw in the first half, it was similar to Bayern Munich's game against Lyon in many respects, was that PSG just couldn't finish these chances that they absolutely needed to in order to get a grip on the game and we saw that once they were trailing it was much more difficult for them to create these substantial chances with Bayern in the ascendancy Mbappe and Neymar Mbappe in particular will look at the chances that he missed in the first half and has to be really kicking himself because this is his opportunity to prove himself as a big player on the club stage of the game you know we've already seen him win the world cup but he has yet to produce at the elite level for PSG and win a trophy that I think the PSG project really desperately needed, and it's going to be slipping away for them once again. Caleb, you talked a lot pregame about how if PSG wanted to win this game, Neymar was going to have to finish his chances. Throughout the entire game, especially in the first half, we continued to see a sort of timid Neymar in stark contrast to how he had been playing in the two previous games in this tournament. What did you make of his performance today? Clearly, Bayern's quality showed through and how much more restrained Neymar was than in the previous few games that he's played. I think, though, at the end of the day, though, they just didn't put him in a lot of positions to finish off chances, and they really asked him to create. And he was really the only player on PSG, for the most part, who was trying to drive the attack, especially because they didn't have a lot of possession. I think this was a solid game from Neymar. I mean, he had his chance early, and I think Neuer proved to be really clutch throughout this game in snuffing out PSG's early chances when they were in the ascendancy. So I actually think Neymar played pretty well, and I think it's just a reflection on PSG as a team that they don't have the quality to support him. And unlike in Ligue and unlike in some of the French domestic cups, you can't just turn to Neymar and have him single-handedly take down a team like Bayern Munich or probably any of these other truly, truly top teams that they're going to have to sort of surpass in a Champions League final. I think another interesting thing about this game, too, is that the areas in which we thought there might be mismatches in favor of Bayern didn't necessarily get exploited until, you know, pretty much the middle of the second half. Like we looked at these starting lineups and thought, oh, clearly Alfonso Davies and Kimmich are a better right back and left-back pairing than Bernat and Kerrer, but Davies got booked very early on. Kerrer was manhandling him for much of the first half, and Gnabry and Coman both had pretty poor showings early on. Did you think PSG did enough to bring their midfielders into the game in this one? The question that we were faced with last pod of bringing in a semi-fit Verratti in the place of Paredes, it ended up being Paredes today. He was someone in the previous couple of games for PSG who's able to find the fullbacks 
able to find Neymar, able to find Mbappe. He was their really traditional box-to-box player. But I think the issue is that Bayern's elite box-to-box player and Leon Goretzka really outshone him today in his box-to-box capabilities. And Paredes, we kind of saw getting getting stuck in with foul trouble in the second half and not really being able to tie the play together as we would want. I think Ander Herrera, while he is a very technically gifted player, he's never been, I would say, like a completely elite passing midfielder. And Bayern have a completely elite passing midfielder in Thiago. So I think it was just a case today where, like Caleb was saying, like they weren't really able to perform above the parts that they do have in those positions. Like they have elite caliber players in Neymar and Mbappe. And we saw a bit of hero ball from those two towards the end as they were trying to create chances for Chupa Moting to finish the, uh, the illustrious substitute, Maxim Chupa Moting. It was a case of where I think we really saw the extent of, I would say, poorly constructed PSG side really hit their limit today against Bayern. And I think it's also a case of the players like Neymar and Mbappe, when they got their chances, couldn't finish, right? Like Mbappe had that great chance just past six-yard box. Essentially, he could shoot anywhere in the goal, and he shot it sort of right into Neuer's clutches at the end of the first half. And you have to finish that. You just absolutely have to finish that. I, I just also feel like Tuchel didn't really fully commit to going for it. Right, like the fact that he left Ikerdi on the bench, the fact that he left Sarabia on the bench because he couldn't really consider giving up maybe Marquinhos or Kimpembe, and instead he ended up taking off Di Maria. He just didn't seem to be willing to throw the offensive options that he had off the bench in search of something. And so at the end of the day, they were totally reliant on what Neymar and Mbappe could produce, and they just couldn't produce enough on their own. Because this, was yeah, not- like I think about, I think about when. Bernat had to go off injured around the 80th minute, 75th minute. And his answer was to bring on Levin Kurzawa, which I understand. Like, you want to replace your left back like for like in the system. But maybe, Caleb, that was an opportunity for him to bring on someone like Sarabia to occupy a space further forward and experiment with something different and bring on another creative player to try and, you know, prevent Neymar and Mbappe from going full hero ball towards the end of that game, which... I guess when you're asking those two, those two to do way too much in a Champions League final against a team that's as organized as Bayern, I don't think it's going to get you very far as if you do try and experiment. Yeah, and I think even more damning too is you look at the front three of Neymar, Mbappe, and Di Maria. That front three combined for 32 completed passes over the entire match. And even if you say, oh, well, Neymar and Mbappe are designed to be like more direct attacking players having Di Maria, who's basically brought in instead of Icardi to be a more creative player to only complete eight passes. Di Maria had eight accurate passes this entire game. Like that is just shocking from a world-class player. Uh, And it really reflects pretty poorly on Tuchel. I think that he didn't take more risks when he saw that things weren't going right. And at the end of the day, that's what happens when you have a Bayern team that's out possessing you basically, you know, two to one. Might not have been the most exciting final, uh, but we did get a very, very good goal. What did you guys make of Kingsley Coman's header and especially that Joshua Kimmich assist? Joshua Kimmich is, I think, one of the most underrated players in the game right now. I remember when he was putting that ball in the box for Coman to head into the back of the net. I just thought about his chipped goal on the edge of the box in the the Der Klassiker this season after the restart where he did like a similar thing. He chipped the ball from outside of the box and it ended up beating Berkey. 
and uh, winning the game for Bayern. And I think that propelled them towards that Bundesliga title this season. So Kimmich, I think his ball control, his passing, like that was a Pirlo-esque ball, like a dime, right onto the head of Coman. I mean, this guy is someone who Pep Guardiola, I think, put a lot of work into coaching when he was at Bayern. He was someone who I think has benefited a lot from the Guardiola approach, and he's melded his game so perfectly into the transitionary attack that Hansi Flick has been trying to achieve with this Bayern team. And we're seeing like the work that previous coaches have put into him come to full fruition in this game. Coman is also just a winner as well. I think the guy, he's won titles with PSG, he's won titles with Bayern, won titles with Juventus, won a World Cup with France. It's not a surprise that he scored the goal today. He, he was in the right place at the right time to feed off of that Kimmich pass. And the guy is just a, at such a young age, is such a serial winner at this point. Yeah, I agree. I, I think I was a little nervous when I saw that they had drafted Coman in over Perisic, who's been quite good and also can really perform in you know knockout games i think he was excellent for croatia in the world cup final and you know he scored a few key goals in the run-up to this final but coman at the end of the day really deserved his place his positioning was excellent he also offered something off the dribble that neither Lewandowski nor nabry who i think actually had a relatively poor game had and so i think that was really important especially because we identified carer as probably the weakest link in this entire PSG team. And the goal came from exposing Kerr, who was in decent position, but the ball was just too good. You know, hats off to Coman, who, as Nick said, is a serial winner and, again, proved his worth today. Yeah, I mean, Coman is only 24, and he's now won league titles in every single season of his uh, professional career, which is pretty nuts and you have to think that he's got to be one of the favorites to potentially eclipse Denny Alves in terms of the all-time uh winningest player well I think the crazy thing is that he's gonna have to compete with Leroy Sané on that side of the wing next season so this Bayern team as we've talked about so many times is just going to keep getting better and better and better and players like Coman you know they perform so well today they might be looking at the exit door in the near future so it's just insane that Byron have all of this talent just coming out of their ears at the moment. And this, as Caleb said in, I think, previous podcasts, they're definitely my favorites to win the Champions League next season. Uh, Lewandowski, while he hasn't been, you know, at his full goal scoring potential throughout this tournament, he still has a goal against Barcelona and he registered the third goal against Leon. So it's a question of whether or not he's going to be, you know, the Robert Lewandowski of this season in the next couple of years. But I certainly think even if he's just at 75% of that capacity, this Bayern team is gonna gonna threaten to be like dynastic in many ways. And I think the scary part is that they haven't actually needed Lewandowski in any of these games. The goal he scored against Barcelona, the goal he scored against Lyon were meaningless in terms of like the success of Bayern as a team. Like they had already won those games at that point. And today, once again, he didn't have his best day. Bayern only had two shots on target the whole game, wasn't really testing Navas that much but they still got the job done. And so everyone around him is still pretty much young and up and coming. So I think that's the scary part too. Like even if Lewandowski declined, they just seem to have people that can pop up at any point and sort of push this team over the edge to success. One last thing before we bid adieu to this season's Champions League. How, what did you guys make of the uh, the one-legged ties? We know that obviously UEFA drafted up this 
sort of mini tournament after the conclusion of all of these domestic leagues as a result of the COVID situation. But do you think that there is a potential that this type of tournament could have some staying power? I think Alexander Seferin came out today. I think it was an interview done with Reuters where he said that he really loved the one game format. I think he liked the fact that teams took more risks in trying to get goals and it made the games far more entertaining. Um, I liked it as well. I thought it made for some really entertaining quarterfinal and semifinal matches. Maybe the final was a bit cagey at times, but I think in the second half we saw it really open up. <laughs> Neither here nor there, the final is going to be one game regardless. It's a case of whether or not broadcasters will forego that extra revenue for a better product, right? I think we'd all love it for the Champions League to be a World Cup style knockout stage. I think we've, it takes away a little bit of the away goals drama. So you don't get the the Liverpool coming back and beating Barcelona. You don't get the Spurs beating Man City on away goals and the VAR controversy with that. You do lose some of that second leg drama that we've come accustomed, become accustomed to in the Champions League. But for the product on the field, if I was UEFA and Seferin, I would explore doing maybe a melange of you do two-legged ties in the round of 16 and then you stick with one-legged ties in the quarterfinals throughout because I really like this format. Yeah, I think what we've seen with COVID and all the leagues in across many different sports is that, you know, all these sort of rules about how playoffs and stuff are supposed to run can be changed and they can be changed successfully. And so I'm not sure if we're going to see it next year. It will definitely, it's raised the question and I think at some point we're probably going to see a reshuffling of the Champions League knockout format. But I agree. It's an interesting it's interesting to think about how the Champions League would have been different over the past few years if there weren't those second legs, right? Barcelona could totally have two more Champions League wins in that time. Absolutely. And um, I think maybe a team like PSG, this PSG team, I don't think would get to the final if it was a two-legged format this season. Congratulations to UEFA for putting out a very, very successful and highly entertaining uh, Champions League in challenging circumstances. Uh, And I think that we can all agree that the best team in Europe are European champions right now. Bayern Munich's aggregate for goals for and against throughout their Champions League campaign, 43 goals for, 8 goals against. Pretty astounding numbers from the club that I would say. I mean, this puts them on level with Liverpool and Barcelona with the amount of Champions Leagues this club has won. I think only AC Milan and Real Madrid eclipse those three teams. So it's a case of Bayern Munich being back on the big European pedestal after Guardiola kind of mismanaged their Champions League experience (laughs) in previous seasons and is doing so now with Man City. Uh, Not to say they were never in contention before then, but I think this title certainly, as we enter a new decade, we are entering a new decade of Bayern being on top of the European game again. Absolutely. Well, I think that will wrap it up for us today. I've been Nathan Strauss. I'm Caleb Rhodes. I'm Nick Vinden. We will take a further dive and examine this game as well as a look ahead at the FA Community Shield later this week. You can catch us on Spotify. Just look up Corner Kick. Thank you.